going on everybody you are listening to the let's go buffalo podcast your favorite podcast for everything bills and sabers we got the pals jake and tom here today with episode 16 coming at you and that's a quick reminder to follow our social medias at let's go buff pod uh that's buff with two f's and that is on instagram and x so let's say hey to well the fella tom tom how we doing today and do you, do you know where Nigel is? Do you want to you want to cue us into that? <laughs> Pretty sure that you can, Nigel can, can be seen renouncing his Buffalo fanhood uh, down the I ninety the other day, just jersey after jersey, Buff uh, Saber and Bills jersey just flying out his back window. Um, yeah, no, he's uh, he's giving it up. He's giving it up for Lent at this point. So I heard um, about that in the news. I, I think I think the authorities eventually brought him to to justice, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they, they gave him a little fine, a little slap on the wrist, and um, then uh, he's kind of clothed the, you know, the all the different little animals that are running around this fall, getting ready for hibernation. So, um, you'll, you know, hopefully you see it in a big eel's nest, some little, you know, little teared up, uh, torn up little uh, Dolan Kincaid jersey, just hanging out of an eagle's nest, and it, that would be Nigel. That's him. Yeah, that's him. He's doing um, his part. He's doing yeah, his part. Yeah, we're gonna have to find a new segment for him. I don't know what it's gonna be, but it's gonna have to be like something really boring, like I don't know, stocks or something. Like I don't know, like <laughs> you know, like he's, he's he's still he's gonna still be back on the pod, but I don't know if he's gonna want to talk anything Buffalo. <laughs> we'll see. This we'll week's see. gone. Yeah, for sure. Well, we'll we'll get into that part. Everybody, we'll toss it around. We'll talk about the Bills missteps. We'll talk about the Sabers missteps. But first, man, I I think we have something important to do. To I think we this conversation. Mm-hmm. All right, let's crack them in three, two, one. I have a All bottle right. today, so I was not participating in the. But um, I hope everybody heard that at home. The sound's what? still there. What are you drinking today, bud? I, so in light of the disgusting plays that we saw on the field and on the ice, I grabbed what arguably, in my opinion, is the grossest beer in my beer fridge that's been sitting there for some time because I haven't wanted to crack it open. (laughs) I'm not going to name the brewery because that's not what we're about, but it's a coconut lime sour ale. Oh, (laughs) Uh, look, look, there's people out there that might like that. I don't like coconut in anything. And to put it in beer is is a reprehensible sin. It came in a pack that I just like. Oh, okay. I was about to ask, you know, did you do this to yourself? Like, I know you're a little bit of a masochist sometimes for just like (laughs) trying new things, but I would be impressed if that's like you spent money on that actively. It's it's true. No, I I may have spent money on it, actually, if I'm being honest, but I I didn't know what I was doing. Coconut Uh, lime, you said? Coconut lime. But I do want to say I do. Have a second backup, which is oh, just a regular old Labatt Blue to, oh. to prime me for the Bills game that we're going to on yeah, dude, Sunday yeah, yeah. against the Jets. So at this point, we're on like vacation, so it's just a steady, steady drip of uh, blue light. You know, all of our um, state trooper friends, please don't listen in now. Um, and, no, listen uh, in. Come and arrest me, you cowards! <laughs> Come and get me. You'll find me between exit thirty-one and thirty-five. <laughs> Anyways, bro, what are you drinking? Um, I have um, an old favorite. I actually saw this on the rack the other day, and I like I, I haven't had this in forever. I got a Dogfish Head, the sixty minute IPA. Oh, they brew great beer, man. They're a it's great so brewery. Good. 
this was like the first IPA that I was told, like, Tom, you, like, if you want an IPA, like the dogfish 60 minute, like that's a good IPA and you'll like it. And I did. It's really good. It's fantastic. Do you know what the 60 minute refers to? Uh, how long the hops were something. The hops were steeping. The hops were um, told little stories. What? What is it? It's the boil. Yeah, you're right on. It's the boil time. Oh, all right. Good. Yeah. Now they sit there with a little timer, you know, and just like erase it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, they're definitely timing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All cool. right. That's, that's cool. enough. That's enough banter. Let's get depressed. Let's talk about the Broncos game. But we're good at banter. That's more fun than this. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't fun. <laughs> uh, the Bills fell to the Broncos last Monday night in just a beautiful Billsy fashion. 24-22. <sighs> What what more could have gone wrong, dude? I don't I don't know. I honestly don't. I honestly don't. I've kind of blacked out, um, <laughs> and blocked it out. Of it's been a long week anyway, and it's, thankfully it's kind of been able to separate myself from it. But man, like that was, yeah, it was the most billsy billsy game we've seen. It felt like a drought era. It felt like it was 2012, and <laughs> man, we are you know we're in the thick of it, and it, and the, dropping a game to a team that we absolutely should have won at home. With for silly reasons, and not even like they played that much better. The Broncos tried to lose as much as the Bills did, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> just uh, mistake after mistake after mistake, and uh, yeah, just couldn't couldn't put good things together. Again, they they did put a good drive together towards the end of the game when they needed to. Yep, it got, it took got the lead. Took, took the, the lead, lead for the first time all night. Yep, twenty two fifteen, and. And just didn't, yeah, twenty two fifteen. I can't remember the score. Like I, like I said, yeah, I've I blocked this out. Uh, no, I so, think it was 20, 22, 20. 22, then 20. They, so then they, they went kicked, up. Yeah, that's kicked true. the field goal to to twenty two to twenty one. Excuse 22, me. Twenty two to twenty one. Yeah, to, yeah, to win to twenty four. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is great reporting we're doing here. We're yeah, doing we're 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 buzzing around today. That's for sure. <laughs> and and you know it was that ugly. We took two timeouts, and we, for whatever reason, they they NASCAR their way, get their field goal unit onto the fields, and and we ended up with an extra twelfth man. They kicked the ball, they kicked the field goal, and they missed. We would have yeah. won. We would have yeah. snuck away, stolen a win that we didn't deserve, but but won anyway, which is fine. That happens like all the time. And no, no, we had twelve. <laughs> we had twelve guys out after a timeout. Um, and not to not to mention goal. that's that's what good teams do find a way to win even if things aren't going your way yeah. and not not to to snatch defeat out of the jaws of victory yeah yeah uh, so and it was just an ugly game all around um started off with that fumble um by James Cook on the first reception of the game of all yeah. the Bills first possession like I <laughs> play one and, and then honestly I don't even know what's more reprehensible but then Sean McDermott benching the kid one of our best running backs and most athletic and explosive offensive weapons benching him for 16 plays. Yeah. Um, well, he, he looked pissed off when he came back in. He did. But. He did, but did he learn his lesson? Did we <laughs> teach him something? That's such in my mind it's such a backward like it's such an old school ah oh, you messed up sit on the bench. Yeah. What are we what are we doing? What are we doing? We need every hope we can get. And James Cook is a hope. James Cook is a spark, and he can get us something. So I don't know. That was stupid. But you're right. He came back, and, man, he, yeah, he had a chip on his shoulder, so much so that he continued to fumble the ball. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not saying it was good that he was benched that long. It's probably in in he, he came back and performed well in spite of 
being benched for his mistake, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. Man, he's yeah. So I don't know. And then yeah, I mean, I, we've all, I don't anybody who saw that, but his little dribble down the around the green there um, <laughs> later in the game where he had, you know, he he fumbled again, right? But it fumbled and they caught it right back in his hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The <laughs> one time this year that a bounce has gone our way, kind Are of you thing. Kidding? Yeah. <laughs> Josh Allen threw another ugly interception, like just left and right. Our poor defense, man. I'm gonna tell you right now, like they are playing out of for what the the injuries that they have sustained. They are playing out of their minds and deserve yeah. every flower, everything we can give them. They are putting our team in an opportunity to win. Yeah, you can't ask them to do any more than they're doing. You can't. You can't. The offense, the, the healthy offense. Is there anyone that's injured right now on the offense? Um, Dawson Knox of- is on IR, right? Dawson okay. Knox is dealing with that wrist injury, so he's out. But we have Dalton Kincaid, who's looking like a stud. Yeah. I think the Dawson Knox um, I, uh, injury on IR is affecting the run game more than the passing game. Because I think we're not giving him his blocking credit that we should. I think mm. he's a much better blocker than maybe people realize. And honestly, better than Dalton Kincaid is. Kincaid may eventually become a good blocker, but he's that's not his strength. Dawson Knox is a, is a good blocking tight end in the NFL. Is, is that specific to those players in their games? Or is that something that takes a year or two in the NFL to kind of establish being a good run blocker? Um, both, right? So, um, it depends on your size. It depends on your athleticism and your experience, but, um, it also depends on your training, right? Did, did, did you participate in an, in a college offense that, uh, asked you to block quite a bit? Oftentimes not, right? Oftentimes tight ends are not used in that way. Um, so that's like a, it's a big deal when they are, and they have come in with experience and when NFLs or sorry, when tight ends enter the NFL, they're learning two positions. They're learning the wide receiver part of their, their game and they have to learn how to be an offensive lineman. Like both are incredibly difficult things to do. And they were asking these young kids to do both, which is why most of the time tight ends come in and develop slowly. You don't usually see a rookie tight end come in and play a huge role and, and splash. It's just helped that Duncan Cade has this amazing athletic, and wide receiver um, skill set that is helping him become a very impactful part of this offense early. Um, but learning the learning to block and learning those schemes and learning that rhythm, it takes time. And um, it will hopefully he'll get better at that too. But anyway, I think I don't think we hit this this hammer too far in the head because we're um, we're uh, <laughs> maybe that's is that the episode name? I think that's the episode name right there. I think that, I think that might be the episode name, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't even know where that was going. Um, yikes! What was I saying? Oh, bring it, bring uh, it back, bring it yeah. home. <laughs> We're gonna land this ship. That uh, it's Friday, and uh, we uh, the game happened Monday. A lot has happened since then, particularly the firing of Ken Dorsey, offensive coordinator. Ken Dorsey uh, was let released of his uh, his duties. Come, I think it was as early as Tuesday, right? I think it was like pretty quickly the next morning. Um, a press release was uh, was um, announced, and Ken Dorsey was relieved of his duties. And Joe Brady, the um, quarterbacks coach, was um, promoted to interim offensive coordinator. So, yeah. how I mean, are we feeling about it? I, I, man, I up and down, right? I think at some point, the blame goes a lot of places, right? There's no one person to blame here. There's you. Ha- you have to blame Ken Dorsey because um, uh, you have to blame Josh Allen. You have to blame the rest of the offense and the rest of these veterans on this offense for just not having the juice and the spark and figuring this out. You have to blame Sean McDermott, right? This is his still his operation. He is still implicit 
uh, or complicit in um, in this uh, in the mishaps that have happened over the last six weeks. But at some point, uh, some something has to change, right? Something has to change. And I have a couple theories here. Um, I, first of all, I think everybody upset that, oh, it should be Sean McDermott. It, 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 they had 11 men on the field and they missed that field goal and we won anyway. Would Ken Dorsey be fired? Like, yeah, maybe. I don't know. He's still been falling apart. But at some point, Sean McDermott can't fire himself, right? <laughs> like, he can't. But he, he can fire Ken Dorsey. He can't. That is that is a move that he can't, that can be made. Um, the decision to get rid of McDermott is going to be a terabigula um decision right like that's that's an ownership um uh opportunity there decision so we can't put that on sean mcdermott um maybe he should be fired but i think that's a separate that's a separate conversation than oh should have ken and dorsey been fired or sean mcdermott like that's not mcdermott's call regardless this this puts mcdermott on the hot seat right like this is kind of his opportunity to say look this wasn't going well let's correct this and if it doesn't then the, the hammer might fall on him next, no? Yeah, right. Watch out for that hammer and, and hitting things. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think that definitely is a shot across the bow. I also think it's a shot across the bow to Josh Allen. Like, this, Ken Dorsey was his hand-picked, his, his boy, his hand-picked offensive coordinator. And, and like, uh, this is their way of saying, look, dude, you're right. You are a top three, two, three, four, five quarterback in this league. But man, you cannot continue to play the way that you have. But we're yeah. not going to bench you, right? You you don't bench Josh Allen. You don't, right? You can't, no, and especially when all we have is Kyle and Kyle Allen behind him, and it's not a, a huge injury thing. You can't bench him. But I think this is the um the teams and organizations' way of saying, dude, like this has to change. Hopefully, yeah. it is. Hopefully, it's a spark. I think um, going forward, and I'm honestly really excited. Jake and I are going to be going to this game along with a bunch of buddies and a bunch of friends and family, and it's going to be awesome. Um, but it, hopefully, we might walk in, and maybe this breathes some new life, right? Maybe um, oftentimes teams do get kind of a little bit of a bump from uh, firing of a coach. There's a little bit of a, okay, right? This is a return on the page. There's a new new energy. Um, hopefully, we see it. <laughs> um, we'll talk about it kind of against the matchup. It's going to be a tough matchup for that to be happening, but um, – I'm hoping that this uh, this opens up some doors here. Yeah, in general. So he's he's been uh, – he was a coordinator somewhere else, Joe Brady, I think. Um, so there's some history. From what you know about him, is there anything that you're expecting or hoping to see that he does with the pieces that he has here in Buffalo? So I think the big thing that people need to pump their brakes on is we're not going to see a whole new offense, right? He's, for him to install a completely different offense would take an offseason, right? That's, that It would take – a whole OTAs, preseason, mini camp, training camp, all of that. So we're not going to see a completely new offense. However, I'm hoping we see the tweaks that we do need. Um, this It's been said uh, multiple times this week um, in a bunch of different places that the Bills offense um, is one of the, the easiest offenses to plan for because it's simple. There are, and it puts a lot of emphasis on the, the wide receivers and the quarterback to make the correct decision as opposed to giving them easy, uh, quick completions and easy, quick decisions and taking that out of their hands. This offense requires everybody to be firing it on the same page at the same time, every single time. Mm. So what I'm hoping is there is a way that we can dress things up. So maybe that's more preset motion that is actually meaningful and um, gets Josh information, moves the, moves the defense and muddies things up for them. So that way, these uh, um, our plays are more effective. I'm hoping that it means that 
these that that Joe Brady emphasizes. One of my big problems with um, with uh, Ken Dorsey's offense was that it was trying to beat everything all the time. They were trying to beat man coverage. It, most of many of those plays had man beaters. So there's a single route that would be good against man coverage where a defender is playing right up on one um, offensive skill player and is staying right with them. Um, then there's another route in that same exact play that is a zone beater that is trying to uh when a, when a player plays a little bit more off and they're passing a player has a, um, an area of the defense that they need to defend and they can that then the offensive players travel through those areas that are being covered uh, then there's a bait beater for that right so I, I i'm hoping that joe brady simplifies that and instead of trying to beat everything all the time takes makes it a little bit more directional takes like takes makes plays that are designed to get the ball into James Cook's hands into Dalton Kincaid's into Stefan Diggs's hands and making them easy decisions, get things, get things rolling and, and, and put less of an emphasis on everybody having to be on the same page all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point, dude. Um, so one of the, one of the criticisms against Ken Dorsey's offense it was was execution, right? I mean, missed, dropped balls, failed passes, that kind of thing. Obviously, that's not the coordinator's fault. He's not out there grabbing the ball. But when they keep stacking up like that, do you think that is a systemic issue? And like, like how how does Joe Brady come in and say, "Hey, Gabe, like, put your fucking hands around the ball and catch it," you know? <laughs> right. Um, you're right. It gets at some point, like, it's the coordinator can call the plays. And the players have to execute. But I think, I think you're right. I think you hit the, I think you nail, hit the nail on the head. I think you hit the hammer on the nail where, um, where the player, like the, the coordinator at some point, if it's one game of that, yeah, that's on the players. If it's two games on that, yeah, man, guys, you're in a slump, figure it out. If it's six games of that, something, something's different, right? Like that's gotta be, that's gotta be leadership. And how things are emphasized in practice or things like that. I've seen um, a few of the Bills beat writers and other Bills um, uh, podcasters and things have been talking this week and um, some some notes about Joe Brady from his time. And when he was an offensive coordinator in Carolina, um, he uh, he does he def- definitely emphasizes ball security. That was mm-hmm. a big emphasis from some some uh, beat writers from Carolina who who studied them and watched his you know were, were following that team when he was the offensive coordinator. So, um, excuse me. Um, I'm hoping that uh, this this week that he's he's kind of instilling that and hopefully there's a new juice, some new energy. Like I hope that something changes where this 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 offense can put a new emphasis on ball security, making plays, making the plays when they need to happen. So. Yeah, man. I, I, who knows? Or, or who knows? Maybe they come out and they're making the same problems, and we're just this is this is what this year is. You don't, you don't know. You, you really don't until we see it. Yeah, they they got a tough matchup to do that against this week against the Jets. I mean, it's a, a defense Dude. that has given the Bills fits over the past couple of years, and there's some talent on that on that defensive side. Oh, dude. Yeah, it's going to be a it's this is talk about a test for a new offensive coordinator to go in on a short week, right? Monday to Sunday game. And you got to go play against the Jets, dude. I don't know. I don't know. I don't envy that. But um, thankfully, hopefully he's, you know, he's paid to do that. So at least uh, they're at home. And I, I don't think you're considering the fact that they'll have the Let's Go Puffalo podcast bump from us being in the stands. Oh, so, dude. Just, I know, just saying. Right? Yeah. Just hey, saying. You're going to get a little juice. A little juice. <laughs> 
What um? But, so uh, what if if uh, I'm curious? What if the Bills come out and we're in the stands? We're having a great time, and man, they light it up. Josh Allen has a Josh Allen game. Diggs goes for more than 100 yards. We're rushing really well. Everybody's involved, and they come out and look good. Do you feel? Does that completely change your opinion of this team, or does it not? Ah, oh, that's a good question because it's because they've had games where they've done that, right? Like, mm-hmm. so it's it's not like that's out of the realm of possibility. I I think it it would give me hope, but I don't think it would you know hit the hammer on the head if we can continue going back to that well. Um, <laughs> I don't think it will really drive the point home until I see that with some consistency and some rhythm and where it's not a game here and a game here. I want to see that drive in and drive out and, and, and just, yeah, feel a little bit more confidence and rhythm from the offense. A new identity. That's that's where I'm at. I'm kind of I'm right with you. Like I need to see them have a renewed sense of identity and back to the offense that they know they can be. Um, and 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 one game isn't going to change your identity. Yeah, hundred uh, percent, dude. One, two, three, four, five games of good offensive productivity and staying in games and looking effective, not making silly mistakes. That will reinstill my confidence, but it's going to take some time. Yeah. hundred percent. Well, and, and the, if this team goes anywhere this year, it's because of the offense. Like the defense is so banged up. They're playing well, despite it. it the, the, if the team's going to succeed, it's got to live and die through that offense. So if, if they can get their heads out of their ass and, and outscore some of their issues, um, I hesitated there because we had a conversation last week about how they're they're being efficient. They're 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 one of the better offenses at getting first downs, red zone efficiency, things like that. But it's it's clearly not translating to the score to the scoreboard um, all the time. So situationally effective, situationally consistent, and you know when they're not not waiting till their backs up against the wall. Go out and and take care of business when you need to. Don't don't wait until you're down by a, a score or two scores. Don't wait for the invitation, right? Exactly. Just go, go do it. Just go exactly. freaking do it. So, yeah, dude. I mean, I'm 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 hopeful. I'm also hesitant because, man, this at some point we this Bills team has told us who they are. They told us that they're a sloppy, inefficient team. Well, yeah. scarily, weirdly efficient, but not efficient team, and who make mistakes at the wrong time and drop games that they shouldn't and and go. But um, I mean, it's still the 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 gig is not up, right? Like we can uh, we still have we have still time. We things can change, and it just they just need to happen. But dude, I don't know. I, yeah. I we'll have to wait and see. We have to wait and see. Um, what uh, what are your, your thoughts on scores this weekend? Score Bills, predictions Jets. for the Jets game? Yeah. Oh, dude, I like the 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 Jets defense has been so good against Buffalo. I am hesitant to even if there is a bump and the the Bills offense looks great. I don't know if I'd go higher than I think their score. The Bills score somewhere in the twenties, even if the offense looks great, kind of thing. So I think, but I also think they have a pretty stoppable offense as well. Zach Wilson the is not a game changing quarterback most weeks, so I think I'd I'd go a, a fairly low scoring game. I think they do get a little bit of a bump. They're they're I, I think they're probably pissed off about the way the Broncos game, the taste that left in their mouth. 
So I would predict them to win. Also, because I want to see a win if we're going to the game. Uh, <laughs> I'll predict them to win 26 to 18. Okay. All right. I'm going to be right about there at the same. I, I think I'm going to give two just because I want to. I, I, my realistic one is is in that same range. I think it's going to be 24-17 is my guess. Uh, 24-17 Bills. But, man, I'm going to give a little homer one. I, I do think there's a possibility that things click and the boys come out humming. And it's like 42-10. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 there's an option, right? That's out there. That is, a, that is a possibility. And that would be sweet to see. So I'm going to put my little caveat. I'm going to take Nigel's spot because uh, he's not here. And we're going to say that Nigel picked them to pick to, to win uh, 42-10. I like it. I like it. Um. So going back to it, because it is it is news news of the week. But I feel like you see teams where things aren't going well. They fire a coordinator, and then the team explodes. But it's I feel like that's usually the case when the team isn't driving with the offensive coordinator. And what I'm getting at here is, like you said, Ken Dorsey was handpicked by Josh Allen. Does that does that change your opinion of that at all? Like, like um, is this is this guy bummed out because his buddy is now no longer talking in his ear? Could be. Thankfully, it's Joe Brady who was his court, quarterbacks coach. He also has a very good relationship with. Um, and some quotes from Josh Allen this week. I um I don't have him in front of me, but he he definitely said, "Hey man, like like look, I'm I'm upset and I'm sad to see to see Dorsey go, but if uh, this one we wouldn't be here if we could have the offense could have operated better." So I think he's he's definitely understood that this is this is not um, this is a big deal. This is a this is not an okay thing, um, and hopefully they're moving forward. They're ready for a new page. Um, I'm excited to see. Yeah, it is cool, right? So uh, Joe Brady came out and did uh, his interview, his uh, first interview as offensive coordinator, uh, wearing uh, a Buffalo versus everybody hoodie. So uh, that's that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Let's go, buddy. That's uh, yeah. right. Like that's that's of, of the people. Exactly. So, exactly. We love yeah. to see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and this one last thought before we hop in over to Sabres, because I'm actually really curious. I have, um, I'm, I mean, I, there's a lot going on in Sabres world too, and I'm, I'm really interested to hear your thoughts of where we're at there. Um, I just want to go out and say, man, Stefan Diggs has come out and uh, time and time again, proven to be to be like one of my favorite Bills ever. This guy. A, he's he's putting it up on the field, right? He is an absolute stud. He is a he has changed Josh Allen. He has changed this offense. He has changed offensive output in Buffalo, and um, but he's 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 kind of been put on blast a lot over the last 12, 16 months, right? And um, maybe a little bit deservedly, but I think it's been over overblown. He clearly was upset at the end of the Bengals loss in the playoffs last year. Um, but to be honest with you, I'm honestly, I'm okay with that. Like that's get that, get the boys needed to be upset. But, um, after this, um, after this loss to the Bengals, um, there was a whole bunch of conversation. Uh, Stefan Diggs's brother, Trayvon was tweeting about, uh, you know, 14's got to get out there and, you know, all this other stuff. And, and people kind of took that and ran and, oh my gosh, Diggs is going to be a diva and he's going to be a problem. And it came up in his uh, press conference this week. And, and Diggs like was just so even keeled. He was not confrontational. He was not upset. Well, he was upset. He was upset because he felt that he was being misrepresented. Mm. And and he and he was right. He came out and had just a very, I don't know, like very wise press conference um, 
responses talking about, hey, man, like all this is being said, but what have you seen me do to prove that, to, 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 to live up to that? He's like, I'm here every day. I'm working. All my teammates know that I'm here to work. All my coaches know that I'm here to work. Uh, everybody who who's who needs to know that I'm here to work is knowing that I'm here to work. Yeah, you guys are making this up. Like this is this is a this is a media little trail um, that is being that is being fed and just being spun and woven. And and the poor guys just been on the like the shit end of that stick. And um, it was cool to come, see him come out and and keep a very even keel and respond. And honestly, a very admirably way or admirable way, excuse me. Um, yeah. And I was it was cool. It was like, man, this guy, he, he's right around our age. You know, it's cool to see a guy be very mature um, who we can root for and, and, and feel good about being in Buffalo. Yeah. God, God knows we're not. So thank God he is. <laughs> so I don't have any proof or basis for this, but if you'll allow me to put my tinfoil hat on for a moment. Yep. A lot of the negative negativity and frustration that seemed to come from Stefan Diggs, like you said, was like 12, 16 months ago, which was in and around Ken Dorsey's first season as the offensive coordinator. He comes out now after some horrific games that the Bills should have won or could have won, whatever you want to say, and now is even keeled and seems excited about the prospect of moving forward. Does Could that, be, dude. Do you read into anything there? Could I be. Mean, I didn't even think about that. Honestly, maybe, yeah. Maybe he didn't jive as much as Josh did with Ken Dorsey and he didn't think that the decisions were being made. And he was those are the routes he was being asked to run. You know, like maybe he knew that or he had a better idea of, hey, man, like I think there's a different way to do this. Maybe. Could be. Who knows? I don't know. I'm, I'm spitballing. So. Now I want because, hey, man, let's go see a 200-yard digs game on yeah, Sunday, right? Absolutely. We'll we'll see. We'll see, dude. I I hope our excitement uh, comes to fruition on Sunday. We'll see. We'll see. That'd be really fun, wouldn't it? (laughs) That'd be so cool. It would. That'd be super fun. Absolutely. A a must-win game for playoffs. Like, you got to win this one, put it away to, to... even yeah. like keep pace in the playoff race. And we got to, this is because this is a divisional game. It's a, it's a home game. This is a, this is a big deal. There's been a lot of injuries, right? The, the teams that are ahead of us, um, poor Joe Burrow is done. Joe Burrow's done for the year, right? Yeah. And um, so the Bengals are ahead of us. The Texans are ahead of us. The Steelers are ahead of us. There's a lot of teams here that uh, the, the, the Raiders are ahead of us. Like, like there's, there's some teams here that I think that we, we, we absolutely need to outperform and, and we have a chance, right? We're, the door is not closed. No. Yeah. I mean, the, the rest of the, the rest of the season starts today, you know, it, yeah. f- fuck what's happened before you, you yeah. pull your bootstraps up and go win some games the rest of the year. You, who yeah, knows dude. what happens? That's, so. that's, the, that's the, I don't know. Well, but what's happened with the Sabres? Uh, let me finish my beer before I get into that. <laughs> yeah, look at this record. It's, it's not doesn't look all that great. So, Tom, since last we talked, there's been three games. Uh, they won against Minnesota, 3-2 to two on Friday night. Then they go on the road to Pittsburgh Saturday night and get shut out uh, 4-0 against the Penguins. And then finally on Tuesday, the, the one that was the most heartbreaking to me, it was Kyle Ocpozo, our captain. Um... It was his 1,000th game in the NHL, so that's a huge, huge honor. That's a big milestone. Not not a lot of players get to that mark. And Buffalo came out and just did the equivalent of taking a, a shit on, on center ice and then going into the locker room. Nice. Uh, they lost 5-2 <laughs> to two against a division rival, Boston, and it was an ugly game. Yeah. Uh, 
So, you know, with that said, uh, the win in Minnesota, the win against Minnesota, love to see it. Tack it up as a win. The loss against Pittsburgh on the road, willing to forgive it. Pittsburgh's a good team. They they started the season off uh, in, not so great, but they've changed the way they play a bit as the season's gone on, um, adjusting the forechecking pressure that they send and playing a bit more reserved, but then counterattacking a bit more effectively. And that's been noticeable and helps them because they are an age, they're the oldest team in the league. Their stars are aging. Um, so, you know, that, that game, whatever, chalk it up as a loss, move on from it. The game Tuesday night was much more heartbreaking. Uh, like I said, a milestone game for their captain and they just came out flat and got outclassed by Boston. Um, it was an ugly game all the way around. I I watched it. I had to turn it off at at a certain point, if I'm being honest, because it was, it was hard to watch. Um, your, your number one center, Tage Thompson, goes down with injury during that game. So he'll be out for the next month to two months, from what I understand. Took a slap shot off That's the salt wrist. Salt in the wound, right? Like just salt in the, the wound. Yeah. yeah. So just just a, a piss poor game. So that's two in a row that were, you know, tough, tough to get through watching it. Uh, and that's just not the identity that I'm hoping to see from the team. That's not the identity that we saw through much of last year. Last year, it was they always had a chance. They could always get back in the game. And I'm I'm not seeing that right now. I'm seeing they go down by two, three goals. And that's it's, it's kind of reminding me of the bat like the, you know, five, four or five years ago where. They go down by two goals. You might as well turn the game off. It's it's over. So I need to see some fight back from this team. Like they're not they're not really clawing back into games like they should be able to and can. Uh, and that's that's troubling. Yeah. Is is it something that you've have you seen them do that earlier this season, or has it been okay since the beginning of the season? This is you you have it. They've either taken the lead and held it, or or they're they're just out of the game. Has that been something systemic throughout the season? I think it's been indicative of the rest of the season for the most part. I I can't really remember often games where they've kind of clawed back into maybe one or two here or there that I'm forgetting, but it's, it's kind of been, it's either they've been on or they've been off. There's not really a, there hasn't been a lot of pushback in, in games. And and there's some of the, some of the losses that they have have been ugly Uh, scoreboard or not. They've just not looked good. Good. Yeah. Doing it. Um, the quality of a win or a loss is definitely a big deal, right? How do they look doing it is, is changes things for, for any kind of team, any sport. So, yeah. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And over those last three games, they scored a total of four, four goals. Uh, you're not winning games doing that. So the, the team offense in general is, has been sputtering. They, they started off the year, uh, producing goals kind of in spite of the quantity of of chances that they get and that's cooled off a bit their their shooting percentage has been down they haven't been getting as many finishing shots uh and so that's that's led to losses in the in the record book um so that's a conversation for another day we'll deep dive into the the cost to the offense that improving the defensive game has resulted right, in because yeah because you're, you're giving up something right you're giving up different yeah absolutely they're playing they're playing differently uh they're playing more reserved they're, they're playing back more and that's good it's been helping them improve their goals against and their team defense but 
at what cost of the offense? Because it's it's yeah. clearly not it's it's yeah. clearly neutered the offense too much. Is that a personnel change? Like we have a different group of players, or is it a is it a schematic coaching change? No, uh, yeah, schematic coaching change. I, I would say okay. the, we we brought back every forward that played for the team last year and added in Zach Benson. That's that's yeah. Uh, so so I I should say Jack Quinn is out with injury since the off season. So, but he's, he's not the one to, to driving our entire offense, you know, um, <laughs> he's not the keystone there. Yeah. He's, he's not, no. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, it's, it's not personnel. It's, it's huh. schematic and you know, I, 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 there has been injuries for sure, not to discount that, but it's, it's schematic. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the way they're playing and it's, it's not leading to as many goals and that's, that's an issue. Yeah. They, they yeah. got to figure out a way to fix that. Okay. But hmm. Well, spe- speaking of personnel, I did want to touch on Patrick Kane. Um, oh, Patty Kane. Yeah. Oh, is he, Patty is Kane. he, is he going to get signs? Like, what do you think? Is that something? So from what I know about him, right, he's an older player. He's been rather successful, um, but, but he's coming off this injury, right? This hip injury. That's a big deal. And is he a player, even if he comes in, could he play and be effective or, or is his um, locker room presence? Like, is that a big deal too? Is his, could his locker room presence as a leader um, come make a difference for this long, young Buffalo team? That's, that's the golden question there. So he has begun meeting with teams. He, so for, for anyone that doesn't know, he had off season hip surgery uh, to uh, his hip bone was like shaved down or something like that. So. Just a little off the top, kind of, kind of oh, surgery. Oh, yeah, just just a little bit. Just a, <laughs> yikes! That sounds terrible. <laughs> well, it is terrible. Not players don't typically come back and perform to the same standard when <laughs> uh, they come from back hip from shaving. That. Yeah, hip I wouldn't either. Yeah. <laughs> so he's meeting with teams currently to figure out where he wants to sign and what his deal will look like. And right. Buffalo's been rumored to be in that mix. He's a hometown kid. He grew up in Buffalo, uh, so. You have to think that there's some sway there, and I guess I'm I'm open to it, and would be excited for him to sign in Buffalo, but with some major major caveats and reservations. So let me dive into those. Number one, the contract and term and money has to be acceptable. Mm. I don't want to sign Patrick Kane for four years. I would like to sign him for one or two years. I don't think he should be getting more than five million dollars a year at this point in his career. Okay. So if those two things are true and he signs in Buffalo for a contract that fits that, I would be excited. But again, with some caveats. Number one, I would want this decision to come from Kevin Adams and Kevin Adams alone. In the past, Terry Pagula, our overlord, has been rumored to uh, either been rumored to or been explicitly involved in conversations regarding player personnel. And that man should, should not be involved in that. Yeah. What that's the problem. Doing? He's, he's an, he's a, he's an owner. That's a fan. And so like, I get it. If I owned an NHL team, I'd probably want to, <laughs> I'd want to sit in the room and like hear the conversations. <laughs> You'd be on everything. You would be involved with everywhere. <laughs> Absolutely. But I, I, I do not want, 
Terry to look at Patrick Kane and say, oh, Patrick Kane was really good for the Blackhawks 10 years ago. We should sign him because that's not going to get the team anywhere. He's not the same player that was on those Blackhawks teams. But Terry, come on. <laughs> so that that's that's my other caveat. The decision should be a hockey decision from Kevin Adams and Kevin Adams alone. Kevin Adams has proven to me over the past couple of years that he is willing to make the team better and won't sign players just for the sake of signing players, uh, especially if that boxes out young talent. And there is a lot of young talent in the AHL. However, he will pull the trigger and sign somebody if it makes the team legitimately better and uh, decides that you know the, the players in Rochester need some more seasoning and wouldn't be a better addition than Patrick Kane, right? So if yep. that is also true, then I'm still excited. So... Again, we're knocking down the caveats to to get to the excitement level. Yeah. Um, yeah. The third one, is Patrick Kane still able to play like a semblance of his former self with that surgery? No one will know the answer to that until he signs and starts playing games, but it's a tough surgery to come back from. And I think that, he, look, he didn't look phenomenal with the Rangers during the playoffs last year. Um so I think he he has something to prove himself too. Like, can he come back from that surgery? So and be that's effective my, and be a big part of a team. Yeah, that's my final caveat. If those three things fall into place, good contract, hockey decision from the GM, and looks okay after coming off surgery, I would be excited for him to join Buffalo. If the, any of those th- those things are not true, then I'm out. See ya. Have fun. With a different team. Yeah. Playing out is, is, uh, you know, riding out to the pasture somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Is, um, so I had a thought. I had a good question. I think (laughs) it was a great question. Uh, I'll come back to it. I'll come back to it. But, um, yeah, man, I think, um, yeah, no, I lost it. It's gone. That's okay. Raise your hand if you think of it. Oh, yeah. But so, so let's say, let's say he does sign in Buffalo. I think he, he's, he's not a good defensive player. And I, I think that would hurt the team, but we'll see. Tom, you remembered it. Let's. let's I remember. Let's let's I remember. It. I remember. So there's got to be an opportunity cost to signing him too, because if we sign him to the active roster, who's going off the after active roster? Uh, it's a good question. Currently, probably no one. Um, there with with the Tage Thompson injury, I think there's he'll be out for the next month or two. Quinn is still out. I think when healthy, it does. The conversation becomes more real of who gets shipped out. Yep. Um, so I think right now, if they signed him, I don't think there would need to be any major roster moves. Okay, so there's room. I, there could there's... be room because you're right, because Tage is going to IR. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, so I think there's room, but yeah, go uh, ahead. A follow-up question about Tage going to IR. Um, what are the rules in um, in the NHL? Um, in, in the NFL, if they go to IR, right, then they have like a, it's like a minimum of four weeks and then they can come back. They have to be activated. And if they don't come back from that window, then they're shut down for the year. Is there something similar in the NHL or is it different? Uh, Similar-ish, yeah. Uh, IR, so there's there's IR and then there's LTIR, long-term IR. Mm, okay. Um, I won't get into that one as much, but for IR, you must sit out for either one week or three games, I believe is the rule. It's whichever's, okay. whichever's first. I think it's a week. Uh, that's, I think, that's I think it's sure. a week. That's like yeah. you're recovering from a stinger, you know, like <laughs> – yeah, or a yeah. Old hamstring or something. Yeah, it it, it is short, uh, but it's meant to just give a little bit more flexibility. Um, yeah, that makes sense. And then long term IR, I, I'd have to look up the rules for that one, but it's it's for players that are kind of out for the year. Uh, 
LTIR contracts don't count against the cap. That's one big difference. Okay. And uh, so it gives you more flexibility in that way. Yep. Um, and I believe with LTIR, they have to be out for around a month minimum. So he, he might go on that. But okay. in either case, yeah, there is there's room to add another player. If, gotcha. if they don't sign Patrick Kane, someone else is coming up from Rochester. But Rochester, their AHL team is also pretty banged up at the moment. So injuries are going around, man. <sighs> uh, to get back to your question, if everyone was healthy and they signed Patrick Kane, I think that would likely put the the nail in the coffin for Victor Olofsson. I think they would try to find a different place for him to land. I'm I'm pretty over that guy, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah. Uh, plays die on his stick. He he doesn't contribute a whole lot in, spe- in special teams. He's been invisible on the power play this year, which is supposed to be his bread and butter. That's His shot is the one good part about his game. And the goals that he does score are just, I said, I said this about him last year. His goals that he scores are meaningless. He scored two goals in the Boston game. Great game, you might think, but no, they lost five to two. And those, those goals came at a point in the game where the game was over. Yeah. They were just nothing goals, nothing at all, but he gets two points on two goals in the goal column. And so apologists for Victor Olofsson are like, oh, well, look, he scored 20 goals last year. But yeah, okay, five of them were empty netters. The other, another six were like garbage time goals. He's not that good. Yeah. He's not that good of a player. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Again, good problem to have if Victor Olofsson is your biggest gripe in the forward department. But still, I think there's better talent out there than Victor Olofsson. Okay. Yeah, dude. Anything else you want to touch on with Sabres wise or we've got you all too worked up in a froth here? Uh, I guess the other thing we should say is uh, they sent Matt Savoy back down to uh, juniors. He played our his Savoy. Our, our boy Savoy. Yeah, he he played his first NHL game ever on Friday night against Minnesota. Uh, he played about three minutes of the game and then they shipped his ass back to juniors. So, wow, that was not quick. A, not a great <laughs> debut for him. I, I w- unfortunately wasn't able to watch that game, so I didn't really get to see much of him. Uh, yep. And if I did watch the game, I wouldn't have been able to see much of him either. Right, yeah, but, it wasn't much to see. Uh, clearly they felt he wasn't ready. Uh, you know, they, they get him a game, a game in the NHL to get his feet wet, I guess. Is a game enough to see? Or maybe because they, because they also see him in a practice that they kind of knew is that, I I mean, they see other things too. I think when I said that I meant more for him to see, not so much for the Sabres to see Mm. him. Right. So to get him involved, let him kind of be on the bench, see the speed of the game up close um, get, get a little bit of game experience and say, all right, Matt, go back to juniors, work on your game more. The frustrating part, and we've talked about this, is that I don't think he has a whole lot left to work on his game in the junior league. He needs to be in the AHL. He looked great in the AHL. It's a, it's a damn shame that we can't have him in the AHL. Um, yeah. So it's a bit of a lost development year for him, in my opinion. Uh, I'm hoping he goes and plays at world juniors um and can go back to rochester during playoffs uh but we'll see uh it's it's tough tough for him that he's in that position but yeah that's just the way the rules are okay how the cookie crumbles how the cookie crumbles but no i think that's that's kind of all i wanted to hit on on buffalo uh they got they've they've got some some winnable games coming up and they really they really need to to Put some of those ugly games behind them and get back into the win column. Start stacking and that, some wins. Yeah, that starts tonight. Um, they're on the road for the next couple of games, which is 
tougher for sure. I mean, playing on the road is tougher. They're in Winnipeg this evening, Friday, November 17th. Uh, they're on the road in Chicago on Sunday, November 19th. And then they're on the road against Washington next Wednesday. Okay. So some winnable uh, games in there, but which ones, which ones do you think are winnable? All of them. All of them. Um, okay. Winnipeg has one of the best goalies in the NHL. They, they play a structured game. Uh, they've been on a little bit of a tear recently, so that's probably, that's, that's a tough game. Okay. Um, but if you can, if you can beat Hellebuck, you can win, you can win against Winnipeg. Yep. Chicago is a team that's being dragged into relevance by Connor Bedard, who's, who is the, the next Connor McDavid, the next Sidney Crosby. That's how he's been heralded. And he's, he's looked every bit the part so far in this young season. Okay. <laughs> uh, he's, he's, he's got, he's like the, the playmaker that Crosby is with the shot of Austin Matthews, which I don't know if that means much to you, Tom, but that's pretty fucking good. Okay. Yeah. All <laughs> um, right. So I mean, they've been kind of a sneaky team. They've they've been able to stay a little bit relevant because of him. Um, and then finally in Washington, you're you're up against a, a team without Nick Backstrom, with a, a Ovechkin using a walker on the ice kind of thing. Like that's that's a game you should win. You should yeah. you should be able to find a way to beat that's Washington. There. That's at there this for point the taking in their cycle. Yeah, yeah. You, you if I, you got to come away with two of these wins in, in the okay. next three games at, at minimum for get to give me hope. Okay. Um, but yeah. Uh, and after that, they're they're uh, They've got a rematch against Pittsburgh uh, after Thanksgiving. So we'll see if they're able to claw back from any of those, but all right, dude. Well, I'm going to say that they go two and one. I'm going to take your, uh, take your, get your two games. I'm going to be, um, I'm going to be optimistic that they go two and one in that stretch. I like it. I'm feeling less optimistic. I'm going to say one, one and one, but we'll, we'll see. We'll one see. for everybody. Just one, one for everybody. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. But that playoff line's coming, so yeah. they gotta step it up. Shit. Yeah, dude. All right, bud. Well, hey. Well, I'm get to see you. I'm gonna see you on Sunday, so that's cool. I can't wait, dude. We're gonna I go rough wait. and tumble uh, up in the, those tailgate lots. It's always <laughs> a good time. We're gonna we uh, we always when we go we always go we get we get there in time for breakfast, spend some time, go do lunch. Four twenty five game will be fun. We usually do one o'clock games, so yeah, so we, we had some time on our hands. We get a couple extra rounds of cornhole in. Absolutely. Come see us in section 330 if you want a, a sticker. Oh yeah, yeah. Come get a sticker. Come get a sticker. That'd be sweet. I want I want one of those shiny stickers. I got um did I ever give you one of the other the plain flat ones? No, but Ooh, yeah, I want okay, one too. one's coming your way. All right, I'll make sure I pack one. Well anyway, we'll do a little, guys, little gift swap. Yeah, I like that. All right. Now everybody needs to hear our packing list. So um <laughs> let's get rolling. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. We appreciate you. You know, we're just two two goofs and one goof who's lost and on on in Buffalo fandom. Um <laughs> and uh, we appreciate you all from the bottom of our hearts for spending some time with us. It does mean a lot. So please make sure to share this podcast anywhere with your friends, your co-workers, your dog, your cat, um, your hey, next week's the next week's uh, Thanksgiving. Play it at Thanksgiving while you're cooking. Um, enjoy the Macy's Day Parade with uh, with uh, some Let's Go Buff Pod. Uh, my name is Tom. That is Jake. And you're listening to the Buffalo Let's Go Buffalo podcast. We're sending you love wherever you are. Go Bills. Go Sabres. Let's go Buffalo. Buffalo.